Welcome to What She Said Podcast with Shanae Hall. What's up? It's your girl Shanae Hall. We back at it for another episode of What She Said. And I'm back at my favorite spot, ATL's Apartment 4B. Great drinks, great food, Thursday through Sunday from 6 to midnight. You already know what it is. Today's guest is a special treat. It's almost more Povich-ish because he's going to tell us a story that I don't know too many men, especially not black men, that would do this. But let's wait and hear what he got to say. Drew, thank you for coming. But before I get to you, of course, let me introduce my co-host, JJ. Thank you so much for coming out. Tell everybody what's up. Give me your information. Hello, everyone. My name is Jennifer Coffee. You can call me JJ. Um, You can follow me on I'm Instagram. I'm going to need to give you a little more, little more endurance, a little more juice. Little, little make it juice? look, make it look okay. like you've been drinking or something. Follow me <laughs> at It's One JJ or my salon at J Star Studio Salon. There you yeah. go. There you go. Energy. Get, yeah. Finish your drink if you need yeah, to. <laughs> Drew, thank you so much. You are brave for coming out to have this conversation with us. So if you guys are wondering why I wanted to bring Drew on, Our show is about dynamic conversations and people, not just celebrity based. And he had a story that I couldn't think of. No men that I know. Now, there's some men out there that would do what he did, but I don't know none. So I was like, let me bring him on and talk to him and and explain how he evolved to the point where he became comfortable with being a father to a child. He wasn't a father, DNA father, biological father to and it all took place while he was married. So I'm going to let yeah. you yeah. start. Yeah. Right, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that sounded a little Jerry Springerish. It really I mean, did. You know, it just, when you told me it sounded a little yeah. Jerry Springerish, I was like, you are not the father. Yeah. And you kept going. So that's, yeah. I mean, just start from the point where you were married and your wife sits down and has the conversation. Let's, let's just get right into it. Well. Uh, it didn't really happen that way, but um, so so we were married. We had been married for 10 years. I got married in my early, well, mid-20s, and we had two kids together. And like a lot of relationships that you have when you're young, especially if you choose to get married, um, they're not probably the ones that are going to last for a host of different reasons. In my case, in our case, you know, I think we were both still evolving as people and you know, I think we were in love, we were in lust, and, you know, we decided to get married. We started to kind of drift away from each other. So you're in love, but the part that you guys might be missing that he left out is, he uh. only dates black women. And not just black women, but really chocolate, beautiful, ethnic, uh, everything that you could think of that makes black beautiful, that's his preference. That's my preference. So... Now think of the woman he's dating, because you might have been thinking blonde hair, blue oh, yeah, eyes, yeah, yeah. I guess I forget that frail. part. Yeah. No, no, no. Think yeah. Detroit. Is she from Detroit? She's from St. Louis. <laughs> Same thing. Think St. Louis, swagged out, brown skin, fluffy hair, little hood to her. Well, now. How did it get to that little, to that part? That, that's probably a, a future podcast that she's going to want to do. Like, uh, Well, I mean, it, you know, I mean, to answer that, sort of everybody has preferences, right? And there's preferences for body type, hair, eyes, all that stuff, right? And then there's, you know, racial preferences, like preferences, I guess. And so it really, really wasn't a thing for me. It was just kind of where I grew up and who I was associated with and what was 
uh, of interest to me. You know, there's a physical side to it, obviously. I mean, we're all human beings. We all have physical attractions. Yeah. There's certain things about my wife today, her hue, her color, who she is as a woman, as a black woman that I'm attracted to. But I just was sort of more, I just personally identified more so in that sort of environment. And that led myself to dating a woman of color. And so we, we met in the service uh, many years ago, and we were dating, we got married, had two kids. Um, but again, we were immature, we were growing and growing apart, like unfortunately some families do. And instead of staying together for 20 years, we opted to get divorced. Um, and we were in a process where we were together, we're living together, but really, I wouldn't call it officially separated, we just weren't together, right? mentally, emotionally, sort of in the relationship. And she ended up having an affair with her boss. Um, oh, it was her boss. Yeah, so it was a guy she worked with, um, which is typical in, you know, pre-social media when you can have affairs very easily on social media or, you know, through dating apps and all that other stuff. Back in the old school ways doing it, usually was someone you knew from work or somewhere like that. But her, her boss was black. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't expect her to, you know, I mean, my, she, was dating, she was married to me, but I just... If, if I were to ever think she was going to have an affair, I didn't figure it was going to be a guy who looked like me. So, um, but I didn't know this. Um, and so she was in a relationship with him, apparently not very long. Um, and she got pregnant. She got pregnant um, with, you know, a child. And it, it's complicated. Um, but the bottom line was, is that I found out about the affair. Um, we had a confrontation about it, um, and she was unaware she was pregnant at the time. We tried to reconcile um, and try to say, like, hey, let's stay together in the relationship. We had two kids together. They were very young. I mean, very young, like, um, like three and maybe five. And I, at the time, instantly do or did what some men will do, which is react like, I didn't want to lose everything, even though I really didn't truly want to be in the relationship either. And so I tried to see if we can make it work. And then a couple weeks later is when I think, and it, it was working towards there, uh, towards whether we were going to reconcile or not, when she found out she was pregnant. And now... How'd you know it wasn't yours? Well, I didn't want to get... I, I mean, I couldn't have another child personally because I had had a vasectomy. So, yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it was not me, for sure. Yeah. Everybody in the room, y'all can't see this, but there's other people, everybody hand went back at the same yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, you can't make this shit up. Oh. Um, and and it's, it's, I guess it's important to understand with smiles on my face that this was almost 20 years ago. So for me, it's evolved, um, and it's not an issue with me. And I have a good relationship with my former spouse, my ex-wife, because um, we raised these three daughters together, my two biological daughters and the child that eventually was born. Um, so what basically happened was now we had to deal with this second significant issue. Uh, again, not getting too deep into it, but we thought about an option to have an abortion. Uh, that decision, she decided she didn't want to do that. Um, and then, you know, then you're left with a circumstance, which is there's a baby coming. Um, you're still married to her. She is trying to get out of a relationship she, she uh, has had with someone, and you have two kids with her. Um, and, 
you know, there was our lives were totally different financially, professionally, but we were living together. And we had two kids together, and the big question then became, what do I do? And um, you know, ultimately, the you know, we know the story. I mean, you, you guys do that. Um, she had the baby, and I made a decision um, relatively quickly that I wanted to be in that child's life, not just as sort of like the other guy, but actually as the dad. Um, and so, um, and you know, that's kind of where it is today. She's 18 years old and an amazing, amazing child, amazing girl. Yeah. So. So wait, did you were you at the hospital when she had the baby? Yeah, it's a little. It's it's kind of funny. There's a lot of sort of small little things that are. Um, that are pretty hilarious and looking back on it. So, so at the time I made a decision at, with my wife at the time that we would not get divorced while she was pregnant. And there was a host of reasons for that. Some were selfish reasons. Other were sort of like healthcare reasons. Like if we got divorced, she would need healthcare. Right. right. Um, and so we decided we're going to separate. We're going to continue to move forward with the idea of getting divorced. We're going to parent the two kids that we had, but she's going to go through the pregnancy while legally married to me. Um, and well, during, yeah, I know. It's, okay, it, wait. So where's the man? Where's the other man? Where's the boss? So, so that made it actually easy. So the, the guy that she had the affair with, um, again, there's another component to it, but he yeah. actually, it, it got out at his uh, oh. place of employment oh. so they both were fired from their job so now she's unemployed pregnant married to me with another man's baby and i got and two unemployed. kids with her and unemployed yeah so oh, um <laughs> anything more to turn this thing up Jeez. <laughs> you are a champ because the people i know she would have been unemployed homeless <laughs> yeah. pregnant with another man's baby right. Right. Like, it would all happen at once her whole life would have crumbled and you like kept it together for the sake of why that's a man well that's a grown ass man let me tell you it, it was it, it's not that simple it, it's not that easy to and there was a lot of that pain and frustration and desire to want to you know punish or to be vindictive um but the reality was two things that you know, I, she's first of all the mother of my children, and I'm never going to do anything, no matter what she's done, to hurt the mom of my two daughters, right? Um, for selfish reasons, I don't want my kids to ever hate me, because if I shit all over their mother for any reason, but at the same time, I could not do that, because it's not something I want them to see about another, like a, their father, a man, and I surely just didn't have it in my heart, as, as difficult as it was, as angry as I was, as hurt as I was, as terrified as I was that I may lose custody of my own children in a divorce. Um, and now I'm a stepdad or a, a, a weekend dad with two daughters and another daughter that's not even mine. I mean, that would have been a bad situation. So, you know, the circumstances were what they were. I couldn't change them at that point. The baby was coming and again, she was unemployed. The guy had, when he, as soon as he lost his job, he kind of took off and went back to wherever he's from. So he literally departed um, out of her life at that particular point. But go back to the yeah. hospital, right. For the most part, yeah. So you're as at far the hospital, right. and this little chocolate baby pops out, yeah. bam, that's you. And you're like, I'm the father. Yeah, well the funny thing was is that, like, so we went to, went to the, you know, went to have the baby, and um, I knew, and my wife knew, um, 
the nurses didn't know, the doctors didn't know. And they know when you have a, like a mixed baby, the baby comes out like a, a white person, like as white as me today. Right, right. Um, then they darken up a little bit. But when a black baby is born, it's usually purplish and you know the baby's and black. chocolate. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> yeah. And, and when the baby came out, I did cut the cord. And I had already mentally prepared for like, I'm going through this process. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it the way I would do it if it was my child. And, um... Yeah, it was pretty funny because the nurses and the doctors were like, and I remember the doctor said, and apparently he probably says this to every, you know, like, new baby. He says, well, at least it doesn't look anything like the father. And I was like, no shit, <laughs> That's his canned joke for all the pregnancies, you know, uh, to make the mom feel good. And I'm right. like, yeah, if you only knew. Which there were two black nurses and they knew instantly. Immediately. Yeah. Instantly. Like, like, yeah. yeah, I they think one of them wanted to pull me into the corner and tell me there may hey, be bro, something up. Come here, come here, <laughs> come, come here. Come here. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, girl had an affair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, check this out. Oh, okay. This ain't your baby. <laughs> so, fast forward, you have to deal with this new baby. The mm -hmm. dude got ghost. You're filing for divorce. Yeah, now, you know, we went, continued through the divorce process, which took a minute for a host of different reasons, but, um, you know, when we officially finally got divorced, um, the baby was about nine months old. Okay. And, you know, we we were originally going to, at that moment, um, share custody of all three children. Okay. Um, and, and the irony of Georgia law is, is a baby that's born in wedlock is assumed to be the biological father of the of the in the marriage. Right. So I'm assumed to, and she actually still to this day has my last name and had it on her birth certificate day one. Um, and, um, but at the last moment, for whatever reason, and at that point, I wasn't fighting the issue anymore. She, she opted to sort of not allow me to have any custody of the child, even though I had some responsibilities associated with the baby. But um, I was good with that. I mean, like, let's just get through the divorce and then we'll figure it out as life goes on. And, you know, ironically, years later, almost about nine years later, um, the, the, the biological father who is now out of state was paying child support and supporting the child, but, um, was not in any way involved with the child. And they mm. did do what's called legitimiz legitimation of the child. So they took DNA okay. to prove that it wasn't biologically my child, but I still, her name still is my last name and so on and so forth. And I had asked her because I started raising her as my child. Um, it, it just became... It would, it, there, there was a practical portion of it, like when I'm going to pick up my daughters to when they would spend a week with me, you know, let's get all three of them. And then there were, there were emotional ports, parts to it that were very difficult. Like I, after a while, I couldn't leave her behind, you know, like when the baby's like super young, you're not going to take a six month old and she's got to breastfeed and do this other stuff. And it was just easier to give my ex-wife now a break and I'd take my other kids. But eventually they're sisters, they're together, and I couldn't allow that to be separated. And I didn't, you know, obviously she saw me as her father. She didn't know anything about color. I mean, she's an infant. And right. so, um, yeah, and then we just sort of kind of went forward as is. I think the thing that you said most when we were kind of pre-screening you for this interview is you said, I came, you know, to pick up my two daughters and the baby was then old enough to see dad leaving her behind. I'll never forget it. I was, I, I remember going back to the car and looking back to the house and seeing her in the window, um, you know, clearly upset, right? Mm -hmm. And 
uh, she just didn't understand that, like, she's not going to be around. You know, the kids are not going to be, her sister's not going to be around for a week, and I was there. And so at that moment is when we said, nope, no more. We're just going to now do, we did week on, week off for many years, and all three girls came with me, and, yeah. and when they're with their mom, they're with their mom. But for me, that was the moment when I realized truly that I'm going to have to, you know, yes, in everything. And she's already included in me, so, like, yeah. there was no way to let go. So that's crazy. So let's get to the part where, and this is the part that threw me off. And I was like, I definitely don't know why you're doing this shit. <laughs> so he said, tell us the part where the dad that was out of state now decides, you know what? I'm tired of paying child support. I don't see this kid. I don't know this kid. I'm living my new life. Right. The baby's around nine, 10 ish. Uh, I need to get ghosts. Right. And remember, so keeping up with the story, the mother had said, no, we're not going to do, I'm not going to give you all the rights and custody, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward to this point where he says, I'm good, kick rocks. Right. So and then he, she calls you. Yeah, I think I had been asking for a minute, a couple years to just say, let's, you know, go ahead and file the paperwork. Um, and I told her, I'll take over the child support payment, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I don't care. Um, and... Um, I mean, it can't be, I mean, it's another whatever, you know, thousand bucks or something like that. But I mean, I'm not downplaying the significance of the struggle that men have with child support and so on and so forth. But um, I, I didn't want to get to the point where she was 18 years old and then either I hadn't uh, adopted her or at, right before that I adopted her. Because it's like, because it, it, to me, she knows I'm her dad. We, were, we had a relationship as father and daughter, but I wanted her to know that I was willing to make a commitment earlier on in her life when it wasn't to my benefit, right? Um, it was more of a, it was a symbol of something. The good thing was he didn't want to pay child support anymore. Um, and in exchange for that, basically he said, hey, you're going to have to have the child come and spend the summers with me. Uh, and I'll get the court to, to force that issue, which I would assume some of the courts would, right? Right. Um, and at that point, it changed her mind, obviously. And, you know, she now agreed to it. Now, at the moment when she did that, I was pretty upset. I'm like, I've been asking for a minute now. And basically, because you don't want her to go down there or there's some financial issue, now you're willing to give me the adoption of the child. Which seems real shady, though. Don't it seem shady? Yeah, but, but I, I mean, she doesn't even know him at this point. Yeah, well, my ex-wife is never going to let her... Let her my child or our child go down there never and and i wouldn't i would have fought it even though i had no rights to because i wouldn't have put the baby at risk right um for whatever just the uncertainty in a new environment and who is this guy right yeah. so i was glad that that kind of happened because basically i we filed some new paperwork with the court and but how did she approach you how did she come to you because she i've been again she's saying no 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 and now he says I'm not paying child support, so, hey, Drew, how does this go? Well, it, it, hey, she, Drew. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it, I didn't find out until act, uh, quite a bit later why it happened. I just got a call saying, hey, do you want to adopt her now? Okay, so back to, hey, Drew, how do you, how does this go? Um, yeah, like, um, you said, you've said for a long time you want to officially adopt her and take on the financial responsibilities, so you want to do it now. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm not really, I didn't ask why. I found out, obviously, later why. And, you know. Um, and so then you just, again, go through the paperwork. And then I got to pick up whatever the child support payment is. What was the child support payment? It's like 1200 bucks. And what year was this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, 10 years ago, maybe? Nine or 10 years ago? 
So. That's like, how do you decide to just all of a sudden, you've taken care of this baby up until now, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but now all of a sudden, the mama decides, hey, you know what? Why don't you just take over the child support payments? How does that? Well, why does that have to? What does that have to do with you? Like why? Well, because yeah. he was willing to do it. Now twelve hundred dollars. What yeah. you mean? What they got to do with I mean, him? That's twelve hundred dollars. Look, chick, you had wait. You had a baby by somebody else while we was married. Now you talking about? Now you want to come with me? But do you come know, to I me enjoy with, these conversations. The, I mean, right? really? But do you know how grimy that would be? That is grimy hey, still. Uh huh. Rodrigo <laughs> called me yesterday. He said he ain't making no more payments. I mean, so I was thinking. For twelve hundred dollars a month, you go ahead and give her your last name. What you thinking? Was it wasn't kind of like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. The guy's name's not Rodrigo. Well, thank God. Right? Well, thank God. Well, God. Um, How did you feel? Did you feel I, I, like it was? Believe it or not, I was relieved because now I had the opportunity to do what I've been asking to do. Right. So for me, in my mind, this was just like great news. When I found out six months or a year later why, at that moment, she offered to um, have me adopt her officially, at that point, I, you know what? Like, here's the thing. It's sort of like how you choose to live your life. It's, it really has nothing to do with about black, white, babies, ex-wives, child support. I didn't want to be angry anymore in my life. I didn't, whether I was rich or poor you know, walking or in a wheelchair, I was refused to be pissed off about whatever I was pissed off about. And, and in, in all fairness, I had other things in my life that were more traumatic or, you know, annoying, believe it or not, than what had transpired, right? Um, and so I, I had no more ill will for her. I was in love with the child. The child was my own children's sister, Right. So I could never I mean, regardless of everything, there was no way. I mean, for me, at least now, I know other men may have different issues. Other women may have different issues, but there's no way I could abandon that child. Yeah, that's your daughter. Then. Exactly. I mean, that is your daughter. Now, yeah. if my ex-wife has an, a baby tomorrow, which she wouldn't. But if she did, I'm not going to be that child's parent. Right. I'm not. Right. I'll be Uncle Drew, you know, that they may see every once in a while. if They come over to the house because right. there are other half-sisters are there. But this was a totally different circumstance because of the fact that we were, um, at the time together, we had little kids. Did you um, feel, did you feel, I don't want to say violated, but did you feel taken advantage every, of? Every emotion you could ever think of. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I was enraged. I was angry. I didn't sleep for, you know, weeks at a time. You know, terrible sleep for weeks at a time. I had to get medication for anxiety. Um, all of those things, not only in the affair, but the pregnancy, even at the birth. I was happy for this beautiful child being born, and my soon-to-be ex-wife was healthy, but yeah. I was pissed off at the same time, yeah. right? Um, when this happened, uh, I was happy, and then I was pissed off six months later when I found out. But again, I just chose to uh, engage the happy parts of what was transpiring in my life versus the shitty parts or the things that were making me angry. And... and you know, you know me, but at that time in my life, I was still working my ass off and I was not, you know, I was regular dude making regular money. And so it wasn't like, oh, 1200 bucks is nothing. It, it, there, it was money. It was real money. I was now, we had sold our home. I moved into a little condo. I had 
three daughters in a condo with, you know, and one kid sleeping on the couch because the other two's had bedrooms. Um, so it was okay, though. That was the thing. For me, it was fine. I felt like I had, I was single, I was dating, and I had my world together, which means I had my daughters, which were most important to me, or my children, and nothing was going to interfere with that. Because if it, if I allowed it to, it would sort of pick away at my heart and who I am, and ultimately I'd get pissed off again at something or whatever. So, so did it destroy or alter your opinion of black women at all? Since you said originally that was your preference, and a lot of times, I mean, I've even interviewed black men that said, I don't date black women because they cheated on me. You got cheated on and a baby. and all, You got it all. I, I, believe it or not, I know of other dudes in this situation. Swear to God. So uh, where, are they white? Uh, one sort of, he's sort of Jamaican black and white, so he's sort of the mixed Jamaican. With a black girl. Uh, his what? wife, I think, now is white. But I what think. about the wife that cheated on him and had the baby? Yeah, I don't even know. I okay. don't know. But, but the, I don't know, somehow we sort of forces pull us together and you end up meeting some random dude that you like um, had a similar circumstance. First of all, it had no impact on me as it relates to the women I'm attracted to. Right? So you still date black women? Um, my wife is black, yeah. My current wife. Who's, no, his uh, wife is Haitian, right? Yeah, she's Haitian. Yeah. And she's like model... Yeah, she's a beautiful woman. Model chocolate, beautiful yeah, Haitian. She's, she's a wonderful person, yeah. So no, I, I had no... I knew that I would finish you know, this run on the planet in that lane. You know, I'm not going to... I tried, you know, to go back. I was going to gonna ask you. So you, you, you dated a white woman before? I did. Yeah. How'd it go? Not well. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What happened? What, what was wrong? I, what's know, different? What's, what's what? Don't you like? I, I, well, I mean, I'm. I think to some extent. I mean, you can't. Personalities don't have anything to do with the color of your skin. Right. They, they, they have your personality comes from genetics and then where you grew up. It's nature and nurture, right? And my. Um, nurturing my growing up was in, in a diverse community um a diverse mentality what did you like about the white woman drew oh shit i don't know there's just i just get to the point uh i the we wouldn't enjoy the same music the same food the same interest the same i i don't know i mean you don't know the white side i yeah i'm, I'm i've lost a little bit of that what food yeah. do you enjoy well i love my wife's cooking and she cooks, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't mean it like soul food versus, you yeah. know, but, but like. Salt versus nothing. Yeah, I do like. <laughs> Lowry. I don't like raisins in my coleslaw or potato salad. Um, or your greens. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, you're not having greens. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just, we just, it, it, I just knew I wasn't going to end up hanging out with her much longer. So I quickly ended it. That but, was, is there one time you just tried Yeah, and like, time? I was, I was single for about probably 10 or 12 years and I don't think I, it was one girl I dated who was of the pasty Caucasian side. Hilarious. Yeah, I'm one so girl. done with you right yeah. now. <laughs> one girl. Um, and there might have been a, you know, there, there, I, I was dating a lot. So yeah. Okay. And, yeah. So, and then I found my wife. Which, how long after you got divorced did you find your new wife? Uh, it was probably about 12 years. I oh. tried to date her for, you know, a minute, but she uh, kept giving me the Heisman and kept me in bay. So yeah. All right, so I gotta. I always ask this before we wrap up any interview. Now you don't have to talk about your your current situation, but what's the wildest sex thing that you've ever done? And you know, no, I got stereotypes she, right know, now because I, because you're white. So.
so I really like, oh, he got oh, something. Oh, because white people are freaky? Yeah. Okay. And I, don't, yeah. I mean, I'm stereotyping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm stereotyping the shit out this situation. White women are freaky. Oh, white women. White men are? White men oh, are. Oh, white men are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a nasty black women, though. Really? Black women? Yes, it is. It is. You think it so? is. Yes, it is. Like, I'm here like, how do we go from there? Because this that's how we wrap it up. Yeah. Like, okay. you wrap it up, you gotta wrap it up. You gotta put a nice little no, bow on it's it. Pretty, or it's like, it's a freaky black women, though. But, really? now, but statistically speaking, don't you think I mean, that, don't you always you hear white people doing the craziest shit? You be like, ooh. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but don't you think he that's kind of yeah. old, though? <laughs> well, he said, yeah. It's somewhat of a stereotype, but probably somewhat true, too. All right, so okay. like I said, you just the wildest <laughs> shit. You can go back to your teens, your twenties, your your twelve years of being single. What's yeah. the wildest shit that you've done? Where you like, ooh wee? <laughs> oh my like, god! Like he turned yeah. around this whole time. Yeah. He done popped out black babies and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. No coils. Now you're like, yeah. Wow. Remember the time we were at that club and you were there, and okay. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's that girl, girl Shanae. And I'm like, and remember, it's like where everybody was naked and everybody was doing stuff. Was remember there? that? Yeah, you were there. Yeah. Was, the, was I in it? Yeah, you were smacked <laughs> in the middle of it. That's they, how I first met you. The lies that they tell. <laughs> See, right, right, right. You just go ahead and put me in your sex candle. What the hell? See, that's the kind of shit white people do. We have been black, he wouldn't have did that. He would have kept me out. <laughs> white people always trying to make somebody a rapist. <laughs> oh, God, not that. <laughs> um, but you can confer, or what is it? So what's the proper word? Confer from that? Or, you know, intimate from that story? Maybe. The falsifier. Oh, oh, oh. You can kind of. Um, you know, our listeners don't be. They, 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 might, they might only do missionary. They might not know what the hell you're talking about. Well. So once upon a time in your wild Once upon days, a time when everybody was out living their lives and doing their things, you know, you go to a party or two and some things happen. And a lot of things happen. Yeah. It's not like a... That's the... That's... On this podcast, that's the best you're going to get from it. <laughs> Without a doubt. It sounds like that's the best we're going to get out of it. JJ, what's the wildest shit you ever did? Oh, shit. I'm slow. Oh, actually, I thought I saw him there, too. Is it that that? <laughs> Glee? Yeah. 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 Thumbs up. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. Yeah. What you got, Jay? I'm... Man, I'm boring. Nothing nah. wild. I, I don't have anything wild. You gotta have a wild story. I don't. I really don't. Well, let's I, just I ask. Don't. Let's ask the host, and she keeps asking all the yeah, questions. Yeah, what's your wildness? Here we go. Now, Girl, she I ain't got the wild. No, I, I got one wild story, but my wild is like mild compared to some people. My wild <laughs> is having sex at the end of the boat. Me and my husband uh, out on a Disney cruise when everybody was asleep. <laughs> Disney cruise. <laughs> That's wild shit, yeah. right? Mickey Mouse over there in the corner. Yeah. We getting up, but you don't take off no clothes. You just sit there and play it off. And then somebody came out and was like swabbing the deck, nice. and we had to just sit there and be like, "Fuck, hurry up, finish, <laughs> finish playing." He like, yeah. "Don't move, Shanae. Yeah, Do normal. not move." <laughs> yeah, mine is normal, normal freaky shit. Oh, I'm it's sorry, normal. Normal. you gotta get, you gotta go out I mean, there and do like, your thing. I had sex like on the side of four hundred. Like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, side of 400. In the car. In the car, yeah. But the side of the freeway part is what gave me. You didn't even make it to the exit. That's real shit right there. Didn't make it to the exit. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much that. One time? Now, you need to yeah, work on your friend and get her out there. And, um, and once COVID's over with, 
together. Yeah. I'm gonna try to get her to the place at the party that I was at. Yeah, that I party. You and I yeah, first met. Yeah, you at that one. Yeah. I can go to that one. Yeah, a whole lot of times. I can give you the address for that place. <laughs> I can go to that one. Not to get a whole lot of times. A whole lot of times. I can oh, go to that. We'll, one. we'll do that. Thank you guys for tuning in to what she said. Another amazing episode, Drew. Thank you for coming out, sharing your story. Gentlemen, I hope that you take heed to his warning, or lesson, I should say, about it being about the child more so than about the situation or the person or the partner or the marriage. At the end of the day, no child asked to be here, and every child deserves a chance to have a loving father and a loving family and see love within their family and their household, no matter how they get here. So that was an inspirational story. That was whack, your little sex story at the end, but you know I'm going to get you when these cameras go off. Jay, thank you so much for coming in. My mom's, again, her, her between her vids and her work, she couldn't even make it in there today, but Jay held it down for us. We'll catch you the next time on What She Said.